The following podcast is part of the Joy Road Media family. Enjoy. Minnesota may be the land of 10,000 lakes, but we have 11,000. And guess what? Five of them are great. It's Great Lakes Celebrates with your host, Elena Gonzalez. Every week we celebrate noteworthy Michiganders. I'm Mike Bobbitt. Think of me as the salt in your better maid. And she's the bubbles in your burners. It's Elena Gonzalez. <laughs> so a few episodes, I have probably more than that back. We were talking about how I have been accused of not being a true Michigander because don't like ranch. I didn't drink wine when I was up in Traverse City. Well, recently I was accused of not being, I won't say a real woman, but a, a stereotypical. I was accused of not being girly enough. because as Which is I, one of my favorite things about you. <laughs> thanks. Because as every comedian knows, women be shopping. <laughs> <laughs> and... I dislike shopping. I'm not happy for the pandemic, but when I look back at my Facebook memories and and old tweets, I have been whining about having grocery delivery for over a decade. And now (laughs) we have grocery delivery. Like I can get anything I want just brought to my house and I don't have to go to the store. I'm very single mindset. If I do go shopping... I go in, I get the thing I want, and I leave. I'm not a browser. I'm not a dilly-dally person. I know you and I are both married, but will you marry me? (laughs) (laughs) I've just, I've never connected with that whole retail therapy. I don't know if I've ever connected with another human being so deeply in my life. I hope that that when this when this episode airs there is just a very soft light romantic music underneath it like ah. as the person who will edit this I can arrange for that uh. public domain <laughs> smooth jazz and I'm so glad that the musical guest this week is such a sexy song too. okay <laughs> Woo, is it getting hot in here? Circle. Or is it just everything that you're saying right now about not wanting to shop? Uh, you do like a vending machine. Yeah, and that's that's where I was going because it is the epitome of select and buy and move on. Yes. You go to the thing, you say, I want E12, and you push the button and you get E12, and then you go. And it's Perfect. Okay, if it's a snack vending machine, what is your E12? Oh, that's a great question. I like a Snickers, but if I'm hungry, this is going to sound weird because it's not actually, I'm sure calorically it's wrong and all of these things. There is something to me about the Nature Valley oatmeal. I think it's a honey oat or something. It's in a green package. It is a quote unquote granola bar, but Are really you 65 <laughs> it is two pieces of cardboard. I know that will pulverize the second you open the bag, but dropping from a vending machine pre breaks the granola bar, <laughs> but it's true. So then you can just open the part just a tiny bit and you can, kind of sort of like drink some of the crumbs my crush is completely (laughs) over now 
just the thought of you like quote unquote drinking <laughs> granola cardboard. Allison, my wife, who I love very much and only makes me go shopping if I'm in the mood to go shopping with her sometimes, oh, which is fun. Nice. Like sometimes if mm-hmm. you want to go to like a, a home goods or something and just kind of plan for things or okay. look at an Ikea mm-hmm. or whatever. Allison will make fun of me because if I'm in a convenience store, this is never my go-to. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, if there is like a, a shortbread cookie... <laughs> Like a Lorna Dune? Yeah. (gasps) Oh, man. That's what I want from a vending machine. I turn into my dearly departed grandmother. Oh, (laughs) that's beautiful. Yeah. Speaking of preferences, what's your Michigan pizza? That's a great question because pizza's great, Mm. period, end of story. But we have so many great pizza chains here in Michigan. I I have to say I'm a Jets. Okay. I'm I'm a let's get jets we Um, do jets a lot because they have gluten-free and cauliflower crust and allison has celiacs okay so she can legit not do gluten Uh before allison and i were a couple when i lived in hazel park green lantern pizza (gasps) in madison heights Mm -hmm. oh so good so good oh my god yeah yeah how are we tying together vending machines and pizza here? I told you a while back I was Sorry, working. I had a hot flash. And no, I that's all totally right. Totally got it. I, I feel like I was in the same way. I was just thinking about drinking oatmeal and then got on pizza. And it's it's been a whirlwind. Thanks for riding along with us listeners. But we started talking about all of this because they're bringing my two loves together here in Michigan. In Jackson, Ann Arbor, and Tecumseh, you will be able to get fresh, hot pizza in three minutes from a vending machine. Ooh. That is a true sentence, and I cannot wait. I recently had uh, pancakes from a conveyor belt. (laughs) How does that work? (laughs) It it was... So have you had, um, have you stayed at a hotel where they have- Yes, I've stayed in a hotel Okay, before. perfect. I'm a very seasoned <laughs> <Yes>. comic. <laughs> um, as Jackie Cation likes to refer to it, a uh, cup of waffle. Uh-huh. Have you, have you oh, experienced yeah, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you get the Dixie cup full of goo, you pour it in the waffle machine, you do all the work, and then you get to eat the waffle. Well, this hotel took it up a notch, and you would walk up to this machine- you would push a button, turn on, and it had a see-through panel. You would watch the batter come out onto a conveyor belt, and it would cook two perfectly sized, perfectly cooked pancakes that would then spit out uh, at the end where the plates were. It's the future of food. It's great. There's something very satisfying about a continental breakfast waffle maker, though. Like, just getting that perfect pour and boom, perfectly golden. I feel like that would ruin it for me. I definitely don't disagree with you, but I love the idea of we are in Jetson's time. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) Like, I can push a button and in three minutes have a pizza. Like, what? I can't wait for my conveyor belt shower. (laughs) (laughs) So going from the Jetsons, we've got pizza out of a vending machine. We've got pancakes on a conveyor belt. Where is the logical place we could go from here? Let's go all the way back old school to 
duct tape and cardboard. I know we've talked about artistic ability, but are you a crafty guy? Have I ever built Jabba's Palace diorama for my Star Wars collection out of duct tape and poster board? Listen, I know that right now you're like, ooh, I got him around my finger with this not liking to shop. Could Mike be any hotter? Oh, he's made dioramas for his action figures. Ooh, I know you must be as turned on now as I was 10 minutes ago. But the tables have turned. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I have built stuff out of duct tape and poster board. Not to the level of Mark. A Michigan man, which I can only assume is an alias. <laughs> right. He doesn't want to give his full identity, but he did a scale replica of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Do you think he had Gordon Lightfoot on repeat as he was building it? If he didn't, the only acceptable thing would be Gordon Lightfoot uh, singing Edmund Fitzgerald and hilarious Lansing comedian Pat Seaver talking about the Edmund Fitzgerald, then back to Gordon Lightfoot, then back to Pat Seaver. That would be the only acceptable replacement. And but our sister show, or I guess we're the sister show we're of the Great sis- Lakes. The younger sister? Confidential. The, yeah, we're the, the little the sister younger, show. You know, which more- is so weird because I bring so much masculinity to the show. <laughs> But yeah, Angie on Great Lakes Confidential did an entire episode on the Edmund Fitzgerald, which I thought I knew everything about that wreck. Because you have listened to the song on loop. (laughs) Because I like Gordon Lightfoot. Uh But yeah, there was a lot of information in that episode and it it was given in a really entertaining way. So I definitely recommend people check that out as well. I love that deep dive kind of nerd yeah like that they do so, a great job yeah on there. angie gives us the stories she is mm-hmm. the producer of the mm-hmm. show and it just says mark a michigan man so i'm going to assume that mark is someone angie knows <laughs> and maybe was like hey you know i'm not married yet <laughs> so can you just say mark a michigan man i already know the answer to that well i think i know the answer to this but what do you think he's gonna do with this scale replica sink it <laughs> my my dad was very crafty. He smoked a pipe and with wooden matchsticks, that's how he would light them. But he would use the wooden matchsticks to build replicas of like Fort Mackinac and oh. and also like ships. And he would do like the river boats and stuff like wow. that. But once he built them, he would take pictures of them and, and stuff like that. But then he would let my brother and I blow them apart with BB guns. <gasps> So if Mark is not going to destroy the Edmund Fitzgerald, then it is a missed opportunity. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm in awe of your dad. That's yeah, really, my dad really great. Did some pretty cool things. I've got nothing. This whole time I was trying to think of anything that I have done with duct tape. It's just been I have a roll of duct tape because as a person who also has a toolkit i feel like i need to have a roll of duct tape and then i use it on christmas when i run out of scotch tape like it's (laughs) you know it's like i'm not doing anything special oh this one's wrapped in duct tape is this a last minute present that you got from the speedway it's a lorna dune (laughs) merry christmas and a used dvd of 50 first dates (laughs) enjoy did you wrap this in duct tape on the way over? <laughs> Don't mind all the dog hair attached to it. So what is Mark going to do with the Edmund Fitzgerald? Is he going to oh, sink it? He's going to sink it. I got so fixated. Yes, with marbles in his pool. Just like the real Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> 
was sunk with giant Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's the extra verse of the Gordon Lightfoot song. And when they found the wreck at the bottom of the sea, it was filled with giant marbles. That Fitzgerald would have been just fine if it wasn't for those meddling kids on the shoreline. This is the polar opposite of how serious and heavy the last episode was. Yes. Who are you talking to this week? Oh, this week, the person that I'm talking to is Alex. And when I talked to him, I asked him specifically, because as Elena, I have gotten my name mispronounced almost every day of my life. So I'm very cognizant of other people's names. So I specifically asked him to say his last name phonetically so I could then write it phonetically. So when we got to this part of the show, I would be able to say it. But now I'm going to say it phonetically because I know that I'm going to overthink it. So that that's where the lead up comes from. Abramitis. Abramitis. That's oh. what it is. Alex Abramitis. There we go. He is the managing broker at Kent County Real Estate, and he's put people in great homes, and he's worked with businesses, and he's done a lot of great things that we're going to talk about. But when we look at this show and we talk about amazing things that, that Michiganders have done, the overarching thing is we have good neighbors. Mm-hmm. And Alex is the winner of the Good Neighbor Award. Like, he oh. is, on paper, like, he's he's the guy. And and he seems like such a nice guy. So I'm really excited for everybody to hear this interview. Like a good neighbor, Alex, Alex Abramitis is yours. <laughs> Again, no recreational substances in our system. <laughs> right. We are just happy to be celebrating the Great Lakes State. Alex Abramitis, after this. Hi, Alex. Hi, Elena. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Thanks so much for chatting with us. So I know that that you are the managing broker, uh, which sounds so fancy, and I hope that you have that on yes, at least one yes, business card. Very fancy. <laughs> <laughs> at uh, Kent County Real Estate. Now, my uh, I've born and raised in Michigan. Lived here, you know, forty two, coming up on forty three years now, and yet I am terrible with geography. Will you kindly tell me <laughs> where Kent County is? So, uh, yeah, Kent County is uh, on the west side of the state. So we actually, Kent County encompasses Grand Rapids. Okay. Um, So Grand Rapids would be our our major market. And then, you know, we do serve lots of different places in West Michigan. So, I mean, we we also serve Kalamazoo, Holland, uh, Muskegon, you know, and obviously all the stuff in between there, uh, as well as a lot of places uh, on the northern side, like Nuevo and Sparta and and stuff like that as well. So perfect. Well, I've heard of those places. I just yeah. had never heard of Kent County before, so I appreciate that. Yeah. How did you get? Uh, How did you get started in real estate? Um, it was a process. Um, I so I was actually a residential builder for many years. I was a licensed builder, and oh, okay. I I did I I specialized mostly in remodeling. So I didn't do like as much new home construction mm-hmm. as I did re- remodeling and renovation. But I've just always liked homes. I've always liked. I architecture i've you know just enjoyed that and um i was doing some work for uh this person who had a bunch of rental properties and she was uh also a a realtor uh and she told me hey you know you really have uh, a gift of like working with people and helping people and you should 
be doing more of a sales role. And so she kind of talked me into getting my real estate license. And so I worked uh, for her at her brokerage for a few years and then decided to open my own. Oh, that's so. really great. And I'm sure that that's got to yeah. be extremely beneficial to have that, you know, nuts and bolts background of, of what you should be looking for in a house and, you know, kind of that peek behind the curtain uh, to have that, yeah. that previous experience. Well, and it's, you know, like I'm not, I'm obviously not perfect when it comes to like, I'm not as good as a home inspector when mm-hmm. it comes to finding things wrong with a property. I'm not going into the attic and stuff like that necessarily, but uh, that's more for a home inspector. But if there's some kind of glaring issue that I see, I'm able to bring it up and talk logically about it and, mm-hmm. you know, knowledgeably about it with my yeah. clients. So they do like that. I do work with a lot of investors who do rental properties and flip properties oh, nice. as well. Uh, and they like it because I can talk to them about, Hey, you know, you should do this and this, and you'll need a hotter here and this. And mm-hmm. yeah, you yeah. Know? so, so I kind of, I kind of have the builder jargon down and I can talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, really at the end of the day, like with, and I'm going to try to figure out how many more cliches I can fit into, into one interview, <laughs> but at the end of the day. That's fine. Uh, I love cliches. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you're looking at something as impactful to your life as as purchasing a home, I mean, whether or not you can afford it or not is is outside of it. But just how impactful that is—that's your your shelter, your your protection, your preferred. You're gonna sleep there. Like that's a it's a it's a big deal. You want to be able to work with. Yeah. It's someone that you can trust and that you can kind of have those conversations with because there's a there's a whole lot of people who, who don't check all of those boxes. Um, so so yeah. that's that's really great. And I know I've got a long list of awards and and uh, reviews that you've gotten. Uh, but one of them that really stood out to me was the Greater Regional Alliance of Realtors, which is a mouthful in and of itself. Uh, but they give yes. you the Good Neighbor Award. Will you tell yeah. me a little bit more about what that encompasses and what that entails? Yeah. So the the Good Neighbor Award is given out to uh, a realtor who shows a lot of involvement in the community and just kind of like, like working within the community uh, in terms of like volunteer work or trying to help a certain unserved part of the populace. I, to be honest, I didn't even really the award was not even on my radar until I was told that I was nominated for it. Um, <laughs> That's even better though, because if you're, yeah. if yeah. you're out there working for the, the award, then, right. you know, yeah. so that's great. Yeah. And we, um, so at my brokerage, um, you know, I've, I've got a few agents that work for me. We're a smaller kind of local brokerage instead of the bigger places. And, and so we're able to, I'm able to okay things that like a lot of times take corporate, you know, whatever months and months of corporate, mm-hmm. uh, stuff. And so I just, I don't have to deal with that. So I can just go ahead and say, yeah, I want to sponsor this event or I want to work with these people. And so, you know, I've, I've always like doing community centered things, uh, mm-hmm. as a realtor the strength of the community is directly relates to my pay. The stronger the community is, the more houses get sold, the more people want to move into it, the more stuff gets built, the more real estate there is. So interesting. So having, I've never looked at it that way. It, it makes perfect sense though. I, it, yeah. But I've, I've honestly never thought of it that way. I'm, I'm sorry to yeah, cut you off, I, but it really did. No, that's okay. It was like, yeah, of course, that's going to, that's going to make everything better. Yeah. Um, and, and so, 
you know, I, I take that personally and I try to do things within my community to uplift people, bring people, you know, uh, just to a better place. And, uh, you know, one of the things like going in when COVID happened uh, back in 2020, we in real estate, as were a lot of people in the state, we got shut down. And so we couldn't show houses. We couldn't really do that. We couldn't go into our offices. We weren't allowed to for a couple of months. You know, we, we really just kind of were sitting at home and we're like, okay, what do we do? And so one of my agents uh, brought me an idea and said, hey, why don't we do something where we can give food to people that might be needing it? You know, I mean, a lot of people are out of work right now and it's tough. So we ran with that and we got, uh, we built some other business owners into a coalition and we were able to make a deal with like kind of a local um, mom and pop taco place where we were going to give out meals, like, you know, some tacos, beans, rice, stuff like that. I mean, it, it, it's kind of basic, but, but yeah, over a couple of days, we gave out almost a thousand meals. That is not basic community. at all. So yeah. That yeah. is <laughs> a thousand meals. That's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, trying to find, you know, the stuff to be able to do it, the PPE mm-hmm. was the, uh, a big part of that. And just trying to make sure that everybody had masks and gloves and wipes and hand sanitizer and, you know, that it was a safe process, you know, as well, because we were in the early days of the pandemic. Nobody really right, knew what right. we were supposed to be doing or not doing or how of course. contagious things were. I mean, it was just all scary. So, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. And you, you don't want to be a part of the, you know, unintended consequences and yeah. 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 And, and so we, you know, we did that, but I've always uh, done a lot of work with some different organizations. There's a great place in Grand Rapids called Sacred Beginnings, which uh, helps, um, it helps women who have been victims of human trafficking. It gives them a place to stay, uh, helps them with some medical care and some counseling and stuff like that and helps them with, with finding jobs. It's a very important thing to have. And, and, you know, so I've worked with them in the past. We've done things with Habitat for Humanity, you know, Mel Trotter, you know, where they, they feed a lot of homeless and Salvation Army and stuff. So, I mean, we've always just kind of done some things locally that we, um, you know, that we can be proud of. But, but really that event where we gave away the food, we got a lot of press off of it. I mean, we actually had a reporter come out and we had some elected officials come out and you know, wow. like, it became much bigger than I ever really thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> but, but it was, uh, it was fun. It felt good to do something during a time when basically everyone was just sitting at home, you know, either depressed or day drinking or both, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah so. it definitely became that vicious cycle. Like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm drinking because I'm depressed and now I'm depressed because I'm drinking. It's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And I can't go to work anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, who yep. cares if I start at two or whatever. You know? yeah. And what <laughs> are <laughs> pants anyway? Nobody. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was, it was just something that, that was good for us to be able to get out and do something productive a little bit, but we got a lot of press off of it. And obviously, you know, when you do some things, you get a lot more people who come to you then. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we've, we've actually done quite a bit. Uh, the, the Hispanic population in Grand Rapids has been somewhat underserved uh, in the real estate okay. community historically. Um, so that's something that we, we do really focus on. One of my agents is Hispanic. He's bilingual. The other one um, is fairly bilingual, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but, but he has a lot of ties uh, to the, the Hispanic communities in our area. And so, so we've done a lot, you know, since then 
been kind of focused on that market. That's um, fantastic. Yeah. And then last year we, uh, we helped sponsor uh, this thing called out of the barn, which was a big like pop-up craft show. Oh. Um, th- th- this, uh, this awesome, awesome lady, Katie DeVries, she created this basically on her front lawn is how mm-hmm. it started. Mm-hmm. And, and again, during the pandemic, uh, you know, people who create and were artists and crafters uh, couldn't sell anything Mm -hmm. during the pandemic. And so it was a very tough time for them. So being able to have some sort of outdoor thing that they could just pop into and hopefully sell some stuff was great. I came on as a sponsor on it for last year, uh, just to, you know, provide some funding and some support to Katie. And, um, and we ended up with, with multiple events through the summer last year that had, you know, between 65 and 80 vendors at it. Um, We had thousands of people coming through on the weekend. I mean, it was just, it it was a lot of fun and it it was just productive and it was outdoors and socially distanced. And so it was, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of a a safer thing than going to a big arena or something. (laughs) No, that's great. And I'm, I'm really seeing a trend and I hope that, I hope that you're seeing the the same through line that I am, but it's, it's amazing what, what we can all do with that one small idea. So you had an idea, hey, let's feed some people because they probably can't uh, on their own. And that idea snowballed and snowballed and snowballed into this big thing where you're feeding over a thousand people. You've got all this press. You've got reporters coming out and everything. Then Katie says, you know what? I'm going to put some tables out on my front lawn. And then it blows up into this this big event with thousands of people and all these vendors. And and that's really all it takes is is just the that nugget of an idea and the uh that first initial sure why not let's yeah. let's not doubt ourselves let's not get stuck in the in the red tape that you were talking about and let's let's do it and see what happens yeah so absolutely well and i always try to make myself a connector i try to make sure mm-hmm. that i have i know lots of people in lots of different organizations and stuff and 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 businesses and just mm-hmm. different aspects of life and i try to bring those people together you know to do things because a lot of times like like if katie would have set out to create um you know this arts and crafts event with 80 booths at it and you know a whole bunch of people coming to it like she probably would have been a little overwhelmed and may not have done it but if we can get together and get a few people working on a smaller idea like that can get big really fast yeah you know and and it's where i met angie who you know with joy road Mm -hmm. uh and in joy road media i mean you guys have some incredible podcasts out there just some great really fun stuff about michigan uh you know a lot of local stuff and and i love the podcast myself so thanks thanks for that (laughs) that little plug that part's not getting edited out i swear (laughs) that's gonna we're gonna we're gonna loop that that part for sure. <laughs> no, but it really is. I, I think, uh, at least for me, the the pandemic has shown me that that's what this is. That's what it's all about. Is just is people helping people and small ideas. You said it perfectly. Small ideas can become big ideas if you get other people involved, and that's really all it takes. So I know that you've done residential. Um, and we've talked about your your community involvement. And I see here that, that you've done some commercial as well, but specifically you've done some commercial with with cannabis companies. Yes. And, yeah. And I know that that's, you know, the the new hotness. You know, everybody, everybody wants to get in the game. I can imagine that that takes a little a little maneuvering. It does. It um, you know, so 
I got into, you know, cannabis related real estate, uh, you know, before we had passed prop one here in Michigan and before it was fully legal, like we had, we had some medical at the time, but we didn't have the full recreational legalization here yet. And we, and there weren't a lot of uh, like hard and fast rules on the medical yet at that point. But I, I just saw that, you know, cannabis was going to be the type of thing that was going to need property. So if you're a, um, if you're a cannabis business owner and you want to open a storefront and sell your goods, um, first of all, you can't do it everywhere in the state. Like there's only certain places that have opted in that you can do it at. Um, Now, is that on a, on a county level or? uh, Municipality level. So, so a lot of times it's the city or the township that needs to opt in, you know, for that to happen. So it's very local in terms of whether some places an opt in or opt out, which makes it a lot harder to figure out who's in and who's out and where you can set up shop. Mm -hmm. But then on top of that, in most places, uh, these cannabis companies are not able to lease or rent space. They have to purchase the building that they're going to be in. Um, Oh, is that just a kind of a a liability thing or a licensure thing? Yeah, it's so a lot of places, a lot of people who own commercial properties, um, Mm -hmm. when it comes to leasing, they're afraid of the liability that comes along with cannabis Mm -hmm. and somewhat afraid of the um, like kind of where the money is coming from and how legal it is. Uh, uh, on a federal gotcha. level. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so it makes it a little more difficult uh, for that to, for them to set up shop. Uh, but also our state, like if somebody wants to go into recreational cannabis sales in our state, the application process for that is extremely difficult. Really? Um, yeah. The, the last one that we helped a company with uh, the application itself was 800 pages was, <gasps> was submitted to the state. Oh my goodness. Um, and you know, some of that's done by us. Some of that's done by attorneys. Some of that's done, but you know, we have a group of people that we can put these things together, but you know, I, I probably get at least two or three people a month, uh, who want to get into cannabis, who mm-hmm. come to me and say, Hey, you know, uh, I grow a couple of plants in my basement and I'd love to like turn this into a business where I can, you know, grow more and produce more and do all of this stuff. And the, the biggest hurdle that they have in front of them is the amount of money that it takes to get licensed. Okay. This can be hundreds of thousands of dollars. And and that money cannot come from uh, the the pot that you grew in your basement and sold to your friend. Like it needs to mm. be like real legitimate money that you can track and show where it came from and that it wasn't from some sort of uh, illegal or maybe even gray area type of income. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. so it makes it a little bit tough for some people, yeah. um, you know, to do that. But we also, you know, we also help people with some of the micro business stuff and micro grows, you know, or just like make making sure that they're buying somewhere where they can maybe have, you know, a dozen plants or something like that. You know, so we, we've helped a lot of companies uh, through the past few years. Actually, one of my agents, uh, his name's Mike Tuffelmeyer, and a lot of people know him as Marijuana Mike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he was one of the people who were integral in getting Prop 1 on the ballot in Michigan in the first place mm, uh, and really okay. was able to help create that legalization. So uh, that was before I knew him and and he was in real estate and like he kind of wanted to get, he he hates the name, the, the nickname that everyone gives it. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. even want it. Mm-hmm. He just wants to be a realtor. Uh, but I'm like, 
like, dude, you know, you've got uh, like a client base there. Yeah. Like, you might as well just embrace it exactly. and like, let's go for it, you know, but a lot, but a lot of realtors who work for bigger companies, like they can't advertise as much to cannabis. So like if your corporate headquarters of your company is in a state where it's not legal, they're not going to approve you to, oh, right. to really advertise that you're helping people with that. So um, me being a local business in Michigan, I call my own shots. And so we have uh, rolling paper uh, that is, has our logos and phone numbers and stuff on it. Those are our business cards. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you know? Oh, I'm a sucker for merch. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have a little bit of merch, you know? Uh-huh. And, and so, you know, but we get, you know, a lot of people when I first approach them about, Hey, you know, you're in the cannabis industry. I'm a cannabis realtor. They're like, yeah, you and everybody else. I'm like, here's my card. And they go, Oh, this is really cool. Like they see that it's a rolling paper mm-hmm. and they're like, all right, you actually are in the business. You right. Know? <laughs> you know? uh-huh. <laughs> That's really great. So if, if someone, if someone is out in the West Michigan area, how can they, how can they find you? So, yeah, I mean, they can, uh, they can look us up on Facebook, Kent County Real Estate. Um, we're on Facebook. We have our website is kentcountyrealtor.com. So that's pretty simple. Uh, you know, otherwise our office is in a little suburb of Grand Rapids called Jenison, Michigan. So we're, we're there, but yeah, I mean, we're pretty easy to find. You can, should be able to Google us. I think my SEO guy, like make sure that that happens. So. Perfect. <laughs> and, and if just in case he, he drops the ball, we'll make sure to have all of the links uh, in the description of this episode too. The other thing that I noticed that I wanted to, to talk to you about is I see that you are a, a certified military relocation professional. And I know that you've worked with a lot of veterans, but what does that actually mean? Like a, a military relocation professional? What Give me, give me some more so, color there. Yeah. So I, I've taken additional training um, to learn more about uh, not only just like VA loan types mm-hmm. um, and sort of how those work, but actually, you know, more opportunities that are open to active duty uh, military professionals. So like a lot of active duty people have the option to live on base or live off base. Oh, okay. um, and, and so they can actually purchase a home while they're there. Um, there are various things like moving expenses and things like that, that are available to them. And I, I've taken a lot of additional training and, in, in knowing those programs. So yeah, I am a certified military relocation professional. I always kind of throw this out. I'm not a vet. I did not, I was not in service when I mm-hmm. tried to sign up, they said, Oh, you had a knee surgery. You're not allowed. So, <laughs> so we, we appreciate you yeah. eliminating any stolen yeah. valor, Like this is not <laughs> yeah. right. Uh-huh. Yes. I'm not, I'm not trying to steal any valor. I'm not trying uh-huh. to do any of that stuff, but I do. Uh, th- that is one of the groups that I'm very passionate about. Uh, veterans, uh, veterans have uh, a tough time. Uh, a lot of times reacclimating to society. I mean, these are people who a lot of times, you know, at 17, 18 years old signed up to go protect and serve our country. Um, we're, basically put into a position where they had housing and food given to them. They didn't have to worry about anything about doing their jobs. They do those for many years, oftentimes are injured in some way, mm-hmm. um, and then come back to uh, civilian life, where as a 30-year-old, uh, they're expected to know the things that 30-year-olds know. They're right. expected to know right. how to sign a lease, buy a car, 
do financing, all of that stuff. And a lot of them just, they don't know it because they've never had to deal with it before. And so it, it's very frustrating for them and, and they're very proud and they should be because they've done great service uh, for our country. But but a lot of times they're too proud to ask for help with it. And mm. so sometimes you need someone that can just like kind of soft pedal and like be like, okay, hey, you probably know this already, but let me show you how this works. <laughs> no, know? that's, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And, and I do don't just say that as, as you've mentioned, you know, the Hispanic population is, is underserved and talking about mm-hmm. serving veterans. I don't just say that as Elena Gonzalez, whose brother was in the army. I say that as just a, a human who can see that all of this kind of rolls up to what we said at the beginning, that it's all about trust and, and trust in that character and, and being able to work with someone like you, who is actually, you know, putting their money where their mouth is, that it, the communities are better when when everybody helps each other and to better the community betters everybody else's day too and and that's really great so i'm yeah. i'm happy to have met you and thank you for doing all of the great yeah. things that you do well i i appreciate it but yeah. i uh, yeah I, I do it because i love to do it um, you know, we, we work with, uh, uh, a lot of people at the Grand Rapids homeless, homeless vet center and homelessness among veterans is a big issue. Uh, and so finding those people homes and helping them to get into a position where they can better themselves is very important, but just, again, it all comes down to stronger communities make for a better real estate market. And so we need to strengthen our communities. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, like I said, all of the links will be, uh, at the bottom, but Kent County real estate and. Alex, and here's fingers crossed that I don't screw this up. Alex Abramitis. Did I get it right? That's correct. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Alex. Elena, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. We have a, a very fun musical guest to end this really silly episode. Mm-hmm. These are two guys who I have known forever. Uh, we're talking like 30 some years now. They were initially both in metal bands. Okay. It's Sal Aiello and Aaron Warmouth. Together, they were in a band called Power Train that Ooh. was way ahead of its time. It was industrial and metal and just so cool. And I love that Aaron and Sal just keep creating stuff together and they have so much fun doing it. There's a music video for this song, too. Their newest band that they've had for the last few years is called Kung Fu Lovers. Oh, and, I uh, love that name. Yeah, they're, it's just, it's silly, it's fun. They're two just really wonderful, wonderful guys. That's and great. I am so thrilled to get to bring this one to you. It's called Wingling, and uh, we're going to go out on that one for this episode of Great Lake Celebrates. Until uh, next time, Elena and I uh, wish you the best of... (laughs) (laughs) That's the perfect out. That's the perfect out. Don't cut that. Don't cut that. Kung Fu Lovers Wingling. Then disco 
came along and they were staying alive. They used to do the swing, and now they do the twerk. If you're using just one hand, it's called doing the jerk. They used to do the hustle, they did the mashed potato. Some people do it by themselves, they're called master debaters. If you're feeling lazy, we can do it on the couch. We'll do the sleeping kangaroo and stick it in your pouch. You do the way, I do the leg. You hear the music and it makes your body insane. And just one try and you'll be hooked, it's just like magic potion They used to do the swim, moonwalk and break dance Everyone get on the floor and just give it a chance It's more than just a dance, way better than a song And if you do it right, you can do it all night long No matter if you're black, no matter if you're white If it makes you feel good and the time is right You do the way, I do the lay You hear the music and it makes your body insane You do the Bye. 